Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter. On this week's show, we are talking about the death of George Floyd. So just a warning, it's a topic that can be sad or distressing, um, but it's really important and we need to talk about it. So we've brought together campaigners Martha Awajobi and presenter Scarlett Douglas to give us their views. That incredible song there coming from Keedron Bryant, uh, going viral on YouTube, he's just 12 years old. His response to the killing of George Floyd earlier this week. Um, if you missed it, and I don't really know how you can have done George Floyd, an African-American man who was killed in Minneapolis uh, by a white policeman. It's been a story that has flooded news all week and particularly in the US where currently riots and protests are going on across the country. Uh, joining us to talk about the impact, not just in the US, but also here in the UK, Martha Awajobi, organiser of Charity So White. Hi, Martha. Hi. How are you? Thank you. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for joining us this evening. Um, first thank of all, I just, wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you for... Your, I guess, your view on how um, how you felt when you saw the news of George Floyd's death again earlier this week. Um, I have to say that I felt completely deflated all week. I mean, it's not new to me to yeah. see, you know, black men who are being disproportionately killed by um, police, uh, not only in America but in the U- in the UK as well. Um, but I think kind of the backdrop of, you know, how black people are being disproportionately affected by COVID-19 and the Amy Cooper video that happened earlier in that day. Um, It just really shows the levels of white privilege and the complete disregard for black life. That is, you know, it's not just in the UK and in America. Um, This is anti-black, anti-black racism that exists across, across the global field. Um, So it's been, it's been a difficult week and a lot of um, me and my black friends have, try to kind of avoid Twitter um, and social media because people keep resharing the video as well. Um, which, yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it's been a traumatising week for a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's been difficult. Well, one of the things that um, actually was really brought home to me as a white person this week was around, as you say, the kind of resharing of that video and how regularly we reshare videos of uh, black men dying 
and how rarely we do it of white men and actually that's in itself a level of white privilege that we probably don't talk about enough and we should talk about more um why do you think this uh issue has become as talked about here in the UK as it is in the US I feel that quite often when incidents happen in the US maybe they don't get the same coverage here in the UK but this feels like um George Floyd coming after the Christian Cooper incident earlier this week as well mm-hmm. it feels like there is suddenly an awareness or more discussion around it do you think that's true um i think that there's definitely been um a lot more conversation about institutional racism in the uk um as we've seen you know the impact that covid-19 has had and the way it's kind of really laid bare the inequalities that already existed um in our society i think that's really tapped into that feeling of you know unfairness that uh, black people especially are feeling at the moment um you know lots of people say that america is so extreme and the uk is completely different but racism is racism um regardless of where you live and i think actually the, the black people are feeling a a shared trauma um from what's happened this week and it's kind of you know it's going across state lines um and it's it's yeah it's def- it's definitely um it's definitely brought out a lot of feelings that people in the uk have already been feeling because you know um the police killing black people is not just um a united states issue we've seen it happen in the uk you know with the death of mark duggan for example um and many other people who have died in 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 at the hands of the police one of the things that was brought up i think at the prime ministerial briefing this week was um Sorry, excuse me. One thing that was brought up with the Prime Minister briefing was the fact that actually more young black people are being stopped or fined for breaching social distancing rules than white people. And that's, I think, an example of something that potentially in the UK we would say, well, that doesn't happen here. And yet it, we're seeing it happen right now during coronavirus. Yeah, definitely. Um I think um, what what we've seen in the kind of you know um, the increased police measures that have come about um, as part of the coronavirus act is that it is disproportionately affecting um, people of colour and black people. We've seen that with the tasering of Desmond Mombo Yarava, um, who was tasered in front of his toddler. Um, we've seen that in the fact that 74% of children who have been tasered in London are from you know black and ethnic minority backgrounds. Um, you know it's it's. It's there, um, and it seems to be that under coronavirus, because of you know the fact that there isn't there are there aren't as clear guidelines as they usually have been, um, and police have been advised to use their judgment. This judgment has been disproportionately used on people of colour, and meanwhile we have Dominic Cummings on breaking lockdown violations mm-hmm. and you know having absolutely no repercussions whatsoever. Um, it's been a complete slap in the face to many people of colour who are living in fear of you know, increased police violence at the moment. We've seen a lot of uh, celebrities and politicians coming out to talk about the current state of racism, both here in the UK and in the US. Um, Barack Obama posting a very big piece on his social media um, around why this kind of a legacy of bigotry and unequal treatment, um, we need to stop it infecting our institutions and our hearts. Did do you think that sort of public support, does it help? Does it change things? Or is it that we all leap on a bandwagon and go, oh, this is so terrible, I will retweet it and tell, say how terrible this is, but I'm not actually going to do anything? 
Um, I think I think that is the danger, um, and I think a lot of the kind of celebritization of um, you know how we talk about race relations um, means that you know it's easy to kind of reshare something or you know say an opinion without actually doing the work that it takes to dismantle these kind of repressive um, structures. Um, I definitely think that there is a danger of that, but I think what Barack Obama said was you know that every single person in society has has a responsibility to be working towards anti-racism, all right, to be having an anti-racist practice. Um, and I think that kind of being, you know, sharing something or just, you know, liking a, a statement like that is, you know, proving that you're not racist, which is, well, trying to prove that you're not racist, which is passive. It's not an action to be not racist, yeah. but to be actively anti-racist is choosing not to side with the oppressor, is choosing to use your voice to platform people of colour um, to listen to people of colour, to listen to black people and their experiences. And that's something that we need to make sure that we really take seriously when we're moving forward from this to be mm. active in our anti-racism, um, not just to make a statement here and there. It's looking at our institutions and looking at the way that we, the power that we hold in society um, and looking at how we can use that power to dismantle racist structures um, and create a, a, yeah, a, a fairer life for black people in our society because you know the not by not tackling institutional racism you're not even giving black people the opportunity to survive let alone thrive mm-hmm. when we say when we talk about tackling institutional racism i think a lot of people sitting at home might be thinking well that's that's a huge thing how do i tackle institutional racism because I'm not part of an institution, I'm just an individual, even though we know that's how what institutions are made up of. Um, but I'm just an individual and I'm not I'm not racist, right? I'm not racist, I'm just an individual, I'm like everyone. Uh, what's that classic line? I don't see colour, you know, all that jazz. Um, actually, we all make up those institutions, we all make up those behaviours and whether we as white people like it or not, we are inevitably almost definitely racist so how do we start to I guess condition ourselves out of it so I I mean I'm aware that you know one thing is to go and learn about it to learn about where racism comes from learn about where our biases come from learn about how we start to tackle those and I don't want to put all the emphasis on you to come up with a solution here and now but I'm also aware that uh, you have space on the radio so if there is something that you would like as a solution now is the time to say. Um, I think you know you've made a good point about kind of understanding the history Um, you know you can you can study history all the way up to getting a degree in the UK and you will not study colonialism once so understanding British's the British colonial past is really integral to understanding how deeply ingrained racism is in our institutions. But I think more important than that, it's, it's about accepting the discomfort that comes from tackling your own racism. And I think um, white people in our society are really good at avoiding discomfort um, because they don't fully understand what racism is, right? When we talk about racism, people think we're talking about an interpersonal incident where somebody, you know, um, attacks somebody or somebody used a racial slur because they didn't see it. They think racism doesn't exist. But it's that kind of that, that's how you kind of sideline more difficult discussions about structural racism um, by saying, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm colorblind or I didn't see racism. Um, so having yeah. kind of stepping into that place of discomfort and actually saying, you know, this is going to be a really difficult task to unlearn the things that really privilege me um, because, you know, white, white, white privilege is basically white people um, benefiting from white supremacy and benefiting from institutional mm-hmm. racism. And that is a hard pill to follow. 
Um, so <laughs> stepping into that discomfort and, you know, kind of having, having those difficult conversations and realising that black people and people of colour do not have the opportunity to step out of this discomfort because they're experiencing racism on a daily basis, whether it's microaggressions, whether it's housing discrimination, you know, being disproportionately stopped and searched by the police, um, not being, you know, having to apply to 60% more jobs than a white person because they don't have an Anglo-Saxon name. Um, all of these things are incredibly uncomfortable. So having a discussion about about racism and feeling uncomfortable should not be kind of put on the same level as the discomfort that people of colour and black people especially are feeling on a day-to-day basis because of racism. So it's like, it's that false equivalent, I guess, around discomfort. That is something that's really, really difficult to unlearn, but it's one of the most important things. Great point. Thank you. Martha, finally, um, do you think that we are potentially at a tipping point where we begin to discuss this more openly? one of the things that I sort of hope comes from our access to social media and our ability to see what is going on around the world and even what is going on in our own country, but maybe not right on our doorstep is because we have social media and we can start to see a little bit more into other people's lives. Do you think it will help us actually talk about and tackle racism going forward? Um, I really hope so. Um, I hope that People have seen the Amy Cooper video and the George Floyd video, and they haven't thought these are the only two videos like that that exist, that they've kind of put two and two together and realised that a lot of the racism that you know, people, people are experiencing is not being recorded. Um, and this is kind of symptomatic of a wider thing. So I really hope that, that, that that's something that people start to kind of realise. Um, and, you know, being able to see it like that, it, it is important. Um, you know, sharing it constantly is not um, the best idea. Um, I, you know, I'm always, I'm always quite sceptical um, because whenever we have like great strides, there's always a huge backlash. Um, but I think it's so important for white people to be talking with their white friends about this, not expecting people yeah. of colour to educate them, um, and you know, taking taking on the responsibility, um, you know, use, using social media and following race activists, people of colour, dark-skinned women, dark-skinned trans women who are talking about this stuff and have been talking about it for years and making, you know, educating themselves um, and making space for those kinds of voices within the kind of activist spaces that can be predominantly white voices. Thank you. Martha, thank you so much for coming and talking to us tonight. Martha, I'll be there, organiser of Charity So White, uh, talking about the George Floyd killing and racism both in the US and here in the UK. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. That was the amazing, powerful song there from Kedron, uh going viral on YouTube when talking about the death of George Floyd. And actually, that song is referenced by Barack Obama in a statement that he put out um, on his social media saying one of his friends had shared it with him. Uh, song from Kedron Bryant there saying his friends had shared it with him to describe the frustrations that they were feeling. Um, and in his statement, he says, it's natural to wish for life to just get back to normal as a pandemic and economic crisis upend everything around us. But we have to remember that for millions of Americans, being treated differently on account of race is tragically, painfully, maddeningly normal. Whether it's while dealing with the healthcare system or interacting with the criminal justice system or jogging down the street or just watching birds in a park. This shouldn't be normal in 2020 America. It can't be normal if we want our children to grow up in a nation that lives up to its highest ideals, we can and must be better. The story of George Floyd has been running across social media all week and here to talk to us a little bit more about its impact on her and she thinks on potentially how we see racism here in the UK, Scarlett Douglas. Hi, Scarlett. Hey, Harriet. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um. Tell me a little bit about how you're, I guess, you're, how you're feeling at the moment, but also how your social media and how your social circle is responding to the events of this week. Um, first of all, I am distraught. Um, and I think Kedron Bryant's song is just, there's so much pain in that, in his eyes. He's such, you know, he's a young boy and, and to think that he is singing that because he, he just wants to live because unfortunately as mm-hmm. young black men in the States like the, the, the most successful thing is you to get through life without being killed by a police officer but that's, that's yeah. crazy um, so you know we start off from a young boy that's jogging in the park he's just running through the park he gets shot and killed by a man and his son he's just going out for his one bit of exercise a day and now we're here with George Floyd, who 
allegedly forged a check or whatever it is that that the case was and he's 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 there on the floor helpless with his hands behind his back not fighting not not trying to do anything other than say that he can't breathe and passes by watches by standing there and seeing this and they can't do anything they feel helpless because they know if they then try and go and do something they potentially can get shot and killed that is not that that's not acceptable the police force are supposed to be there to protect and to support, not to frighten and not to scare people and 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 make people worry that they could take their life as opposed to protect it. You put a really powerful image on your Instagram earlier, which is the picture of a black woman wearing a face mask. Mm-hmm. And then on the face mask, it says being black is not a crime. Yeah. Do you feel like it is here in britain in 2020 if i'm honest i don't think it is here as much as it is in the state mm-hmm. um we do still see certain cases we saw unfortunately the young man in manchester when he was tasered in the police station with his child yeah. his young young child with him and he's been told by police officers to um in the petrol station so i think it's a police station i meant to say police, um, petrol station and he was being told, um, you know, put your hands behind your back while still being tasered. How can you comply if you, if you don't have the strength to do so because you're being shocked with however many bolts that are going through your body and your young four, five, six-year-old child is there with you? Like, even those scenes, I'm seeing those scenes, Harry, and these are distressing. Mm-hmm. These, these, yeah. um, these should not be happening. I don't know what happened before the video. I understand that. Yeah. I don't know what happened after the video. I only know what happened at the time. And I know that he's trying to comply and put his arms behind his back, but he can't because he's continuously getting shot by a taser. Yeah. This is not acceptable. Yeah. Now, a lot of these cases we are seeing because people are filming them. Look at how many other cases are probably happening, probably happening that we don't know about because they're not being filmed. Yeah. And, and, and one it's things- hard and it's scary and it's worrying. I mean, I think that's you raised such a really important point there, which is we is that this stuff isn't new. This stuff has been happening and it has been going on, and we're only now seeing it because of the proliferation of filming on phones and putting that out on social media. And yeah. one of the things that I think is you know is really important is the I think the, the Will Smith quote, which is you know racism isn't getting worse; it's just being filmed. Mm. Um, and do you think that this filming of racism, do you think that this potentially could be the thing that maybe starts to change people's attitudes to it? Because I definitely feel as a white person in the UK today that there is an attitude of, well, it's not that bad, doesn't really exist here in the UK. Yeah. And I sort of feel like we need to wake up and establish that it is that bad and it does exist. Yeah. Do you think that this is the way to do it? I think filming it and us seeing it and social media being a way of um, of spreading it is absolutely a way for us to be able to see it and acknowledge that it's happening. You can't fight those facts. If you're seeing it in front of you, you cannot say, oh, it's not happening because it's there. It's visual. Now, I think the problem with 
um, not just in the UK, but across the world with racism. And I, and I want to talk about racism on a broad scale because, you know, a lot yeah. of people are putting back out again the Black Lives Matter hashtag. And then a lot of other people are like, well, well all lives matter. I know that. And we're not disputing that all lives matter. That's, that's never been yeah. the case. But Black Lives Matter just as much as White Lives Matter or any other race yeah. of lives matter. All lives matter. But unfortunately, Black Lives are not being seen in that way. And I think here in the UK, there's a lot of institutionalised racism that people will not see because of whatever privileges that they may have. And yeah. I think, you know, I've been on the show before and we've spoken about um, Harry mm. and Meghan and, and there's yeah. always going to be two sides on, well, were the press racist to, to, to Meghan? But we can see newspaper articles next to each other with Kate and Meghan and it's like, they, they're pretty much looking exactly the same, but the storyline is something completely different because of institutionalised yeah. racism. And whether people like that or not, unfortunately, it's a case. And, and I have I've had to experience it as a black woman. And I've been brought up in a white area and, you know, mm. I say luckily, but for me, I'm a well-spoken black person, so, so to speak as what maybe a white person yeah. would say. Oh, you don't, you don't sound like other black people. Well, what are black people supposed to sound like? That, is, mm-hmm. that in itself is a racist statement because you're trying to stereotype me and trying to say that I'm supposed to sound a specific way because of how yeah. I look. So these little things that people might not think are racist, if we really think about what we're saying, it's, it's not acceptable. There's, and we can see it. We can see it across media. We can see it across you know, sports. Um, entertainment, we, we can see it, but it's whether or not we want to be open to it and whether or not we want to actually accept it and learn about it yeah. and acknowledge it for what it is. Do you think people do want to accept it and learn about it? Because I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure they do. I think people have gone, do you know what, we've got so much other stuff going on, we're dealing with a global pandemic, we're dealing with potential a recession. I get frustrated because I feel people go, well, is, is this a priority? And we forget that it's actually, and it's people's lives that it is a daily reality for people, and and that mm. makes me, at the bare minimum, you know, frustrated and annoyed and actually full and angry, because mm. I feel like we are, we're saying actually this is a separate issue, but it's not. You know, racism is the reason that actually we are seeing more deaths um, amongst the black asian communities from covid19 racism mm-hmm. is the reason that actually we see potentially uh, bigger impacts on black and asian communities during a recession it, that's mm-hmm. it goes through everything and uh, why can we not get people to see that it's yeah fun. that's my I frustration mean, sorry yeah no no I, I totally agree with you i totally agree but unless certain people have walked the shoes that we've walked they won't ever understand it unfortunately yeah. um you know my really good friend he's um he's a white guy and he's come from a you know well-to-do family and for him he always says but i don't see color like i don't believe in racism i'm not a racist i don't see color and i love how he thinks but unfortunately that's also dangerous because if you don't see color you're not going to see racism yeah. and you're not racist that's great but then you also won't see how certain um communities or ethnicities are being treated because you don't see it and that's great and i love that about you but also you need to see it because you need to see how differently we're treated and that's the frustration is that we can happily all put up you know a post or join a hashtag or join a yeah. movement but unless we're actually learning about it unless we're actually trying to rectify the situation or change things moving forward nothing's ever going to be different to how it has been before we're in 2020 yeah. now harriet and and, and in the yeah. middle of a street a guy is being killed by a police officer kneeling on his neck 
and he's yeah. saying he can't breathe and now they're trying to say oh well he had underlying health issues and that as well as potentially being intoxicated could have been the cause for him dying no the cause of him dying is a policeman has had his knee on his yeah. neck for seven minutes mm. so let's look I... at the facts whether he had underlying health issues or not the catalyst of him dying was him being suffocated by the knee of a police officer that's supposed to be out to protect and to serve, not to kill. And also, how many white men with underlying health issues who are drunk have been arrested over the last year? Exactly. Like, thousands, hundreds of thousands. How many of them have died? Exactly. Yeah. And do you know what? It's funny. It was going around as well on social media the other day, a video of um, a white man in a car in the States being pulled up by mm. two police officers and like they're fighting with their, with him and he's literally beaten them. He's taken the baton away from the, the, the female police officer and he's beating them. They're not doing yeah. anything. And he gets up and he gets into the police car and he locks himself in the car. And I'm thinking, so... I'm just I, taking listen, it. It, it. It might just be that there were different police officers. But yeah. I'm seeing two... Very similar, well, not in very similar at all, because uh, the, from the video I saw with George, yeah. all I saw was him on the floor. I don't know if he was trying to beat police officers or anything. I don't know the beforehand of that video. But I'm seeing two very different ways of treating with two very different people. And if people can't see that, then then there's, there's an issue there. Yeah. Scarlett, when you've been on the show before, you've spoken about your brother, and we know that he was a um, victim of a crime and mm. it, that he has been through that kind of system of facing a level of racism from structures that should be there to support him. Yeah. How is he feeling right now? He is, uh, I think, as everyone is feeling right now, disappointed, mm. upset, angry and tired. Mm. Those are the emotions that if I speak to any of my black friends, family members, colleagues, acquaintances, it's just we are tired of it and we are angry. Yeah. And as you know, when my brother got stabbed, as we spoke mm. about when I was on the show, and he was just going to his local uh, Marks and Spencer's, just looking around the shop, and, and he's getting um, followed by security. And by the time he comes out to get to his car, he's got two police officers there that are asking him for ID. Well, what do you want my ID for? Yeah. Well, we've heard that you've been suspicious. I was just walking around the shop having a look. Well, where's your ID? I don't have my ID. You have it. The police force have it because I was stabbed by a burglar and you are looking through all my files yeah. and documents to see if you can find... Oh, well, that sounds like a likely story. Well, actually, that's exactly what happened. So let me take yeah. your badge number and let me make a complaint about you because you know what? You've then just put your own idea on top of me of a stereotype of what you think I'm doing. Yeah. It's, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And also, you say it's 2020. It's, you know, it's, we are supposed to be so far beyond this. And yet we are so deep in it. And I, Mm -hmm. and that's what I think is maybe being highlighted in the worst possible way, unfortunately. But through the recent instance that we've seen from George Floyd to the Amy Cooper incident to every other one that comes out again and again and again. And I think this is an example of actually maybe, I I hope, I don't know, but I hope maybe a tipping point whereby the message is so clear that perhaps it becomes impossible for other people to ignore. I really hope so, Harriet. I really do. Um, But I just feel like the only difference now is that men aren't being lynched. Black black men aren't being lynched. They're just being shot. Mm. And how can that be? all these years that we're still seen as the lesser race because that's yeah. what it is you can't you can't deny that's what it is because there's no regard at all for life if it's mm. if it's 
from a black person. And I'm sorry if the listeners don't like that, um, but that's my opinion on it. That's my thought and that's my experience as a black female, what I've seen in my community and what I can see, you know, in, right in front of me. Yeah. So. And I think there's a point where we have to say it actually doesn't matter if you like it or not. You know, this mm. is someone's experience of the world. At some point you have to listen and believe. Absolutely. And to change. Yeah. Scarlett, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us. You are, as ever, brilliant guest. Thank you. Scarlett Douglas there talking about her feelings and experiences um, on hearing on the, of the death of George Floyd. You've been listening to Badass Women's Hour. If you like the show, then help more people find us. You can tag us or talk to us on social media using at Badass Women's Hour. Or you can be really lovely and leave us a review and a rating. Five stars, please. It helps boost us up the podcast rankings and allows other people to find us. We'll be back next week with more badass guests and in-depth chat. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.